0: I honestly encourage people to spend, you know, their first six months just playing with it, you know, Mm -hmm. like stake 50 bucks, see what happens to those 50 bucks and, and, and get comfortable with this so that when we do come out of this bear market and stuff is on the up and up, you already have your education, you already have your background in all these platforms and you're ready to deploy.
1: Bogdan, Brian, and their guests are not registered investment advisors. Nothing discussed today should be relied on for investment decisions, nor is it investment advice. This show is for informational and entertainment purposes only. Please work directly with an investment professional.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Crypto Safari Podcast, where we scamper among the crypto critters, sniffing out the alpha insights that will make your token taste buds dance and howl. Mm. My name is Bogdan and as always here I have Brian with me. How's it going, Brian? It is going. How you doing on this uh holiday of presidents? I love it. I love it. I like anytime we can celebrate anything so we can have the day off of work. Um I also love it because a lot has happened in the crypto sphere since the last time we spoke. Is that so? That is so. Well, um, we what, have two. Yeah, yeah, we have two interesting questions here, uh, both of which I'm excited to get to. But before we jump into those, I'll I'll get into the news. Um, a really big piece of news in the world of Bitcoin is that apparently. Some activist shareholders of the world's largest Bitcoin investment trust called Mm -hmm. GTBC are attempting to oust uh, the stewards of Bitcoin, which is Grayscale Investments. Have you heard about this? Yeah, I mean, I've heard of Grayscale. Um, I've
1: I've heard about the fund. Grayscale... They've been around for a while, but they've invested in some pretty big business ventures. I think there was like one or two like in the late 90s that just made them a ton of money. Um, I forget what they were, though. They were a couple of big ones. Do you know that?
0: I don't know about that. I, I do know that Grayscale is huge, though. Yeah, uh, obviously. Um, and apparently they are the kind of like stewards of Bitcoin. Um, but apparently so thousands of these GBTC shareholders Uh, have voiced support for this campaign, which essentially says like, hey, we want Grayscale to reduce its management fee. Uh, It currently has a 2% management fee and they also want uh, investors to be able to exchange their shares directly for the underlying Bitcoin. Uh, and mm. in response to this, uh, the CEO of Grayscale said that he has no intention of stepping down from his role. And basically, I don't think this is going to work. But it's interesting because we're kind of getting like these news stories about these large players who have vested interests in Bitcoin are now kind of like fighting for share, if you will. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Um
1: You know, a lot of institutional money, a lot of big money, you know, flew flew into, flew, flown, moved into Bitcoin. And uh, yeah, people don't, uh, I think we were talking about another show where there's not a lot of transactions with Bitcoin. It's like really low that people actually trade any Bitcoin. And so it has become this thing that people just consolidate, hold on to, and then reap the benefits.
0: Yeah. Um, and I, I,
1: Grayscale wasn't the, th- the fund I was talking about. It was something different. But um. yeah, Grayscale has been around since 2013. They're based in New York. This other one was based in L.A., I think, or someplace in California. But um. yeah, that's interesting.
0: Um. What do you think is going to happen? Well, so what I think I don't know what will happen with this particular case, but to me, this serves as a little bit of a signal that, you know, we've had these concerns about the federal government having more regulation on crypto possibly shutting down crypto but if there are these giant funds that already have such a vested interest in Mm. bitcoin ethereum things like that they will probably fight on behalf of us to keep those investments intact right like it's one thing for the federal government to say hey bogdan brian You can't do any of this crypto stuff anymore. And we'll, you know, we'll shake our spears, we'll sign petitions. But can we actually make a difference versus, you know, these giant funds have a lot more power to kind of counteract that regulatory force?
1: Yeah, definitely. um, You know, it's we'll see how it goes i mean if if they end up you know working out backroom deals it makes it you know better for them as large investors and maybe not the smaller investor that we could still get the shaft but i'd actually the better question is can the government stop you from trading in crypto i don't think it's really possible i mean you know they could try to shut down your access to different um platforms but you could use a vpn and access you know a, a like binance global you know on like a singapore ip address or something you know and like
0: yeah that that is true that's true but then that does stop kind of the mainstream adoption right like my grandma is not gonna grab a (laughs) vpn (laughs) to trade bitcoin
1: yeah no it is just another layer of difficulty that's already not as difficult as it used to be but it's still you know yeah we'll see um it does seem like they're they're just kind of making up the rules as they go along, and there hasn't been really a lot of um, I don't know, a lot a lot of stuff that's been written down, codified, or just made clear. And there was that uh, insider trading uh, case; the the guy pled guilty. It was with Coinbase. Remember that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep,
1: the product manager and he was you know getting word of coins that were going to be listed on coinbase and he would tell that information to his brother-in-law or his brother or something and they would buy a bunch but they tra- they, they basically tried him with insider trading mm-hmm. but the tokens weren't technically a um a stock but yeah. they still use that law to, so that was like i don't know it, it's it, we'll see what happens. I think you know there needs to be some regulation especially for some of these large um like FTX style uh, platforms. But yeah. other than that, I don't know, man. The government's just not good at regulation, so we'll see we'll see.
0: Yeah. I I agree with that. I I am actually yeah. for regulation. I I'm not for, you know, banning of crypto, but I, I am for regulation and kind of setting some ground rules so that everybody knows how to operate. Um speaking of FTX that you just mentioned, mhm. Binance is being accused of something uh, slightly similar, which is uh, apparently Binance moved large sums of money over the first three months of 2021. So this is now two years ago. Uh, Mm -hmm. They moved it from Binance.us to Merit Peak, which is a trading firm that is uh, managed by the CEO of Binance. Does that sound like a familiar story? (laughs) Yeah, that
1: definitely sounds familiar. Um but so far no there's no negative um impact yet it's just more about bad practices and potentially
0: misusing customer funds right Yeah yeah exactly yeah. so apparently over 400 million dollars was transferred from Binance US to the Merit Peak account and uh, you know it's unclear whether those funds belong to Binance US customers or what's going on with that but that's something that they're investigating so who knows what other things will come out of the woodwork? Yeah.
1: And I mean, I hear what you're saying about um, regulation. I think there just needs to be more. And with regulation, I mean, there comes transparency. And I think that's what we're missing in a lot, in a lot of this, um, a lot of these issues is, um, you know, transparency and also checks and balances.
0: <laughs> so
1: and that's that's good. I mean, that's, that's not a bad thing. I just worry that they're, they're going to potentially overstep or that they just might not understand Um, the market and the business behind it in a way that will allow them to really intelligently regulate it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. It could be like, uh, I'm picturing, you know, those uh, trials that they had against Facebook at one point where they were like, so they they had Mark Zuckerberg, you know, Mm. doing a deposition or whatever it was like, so how exactly does Facebook make money if it's free? And like (laughs) Mark Zuckerberg literally like leaned into the mic and he's like ads senator (laughs) oh and 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 the senator goes oh and is that uh is that enough to uh make enough money to sustain the company just on ads and it's like a few few billion dollars yeah yeah you know we get a few billion
1: (laughs) yeah that's the thing is they have they they end up putting people in in these positions well um i think it was this the ftc they have a new head and she was you know ivy leaguer really smart but just never worked in in any business and so she brings like this academic viewpoint but no real like understanding of how these businesses work and then then she's trying to regulate i mean i think they were trying to block um uh facebook from buying like a i don't know it's like a fitness app or something Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um I mean, they're, they're trying to, to block these companies from getting bigger, but it's not just about them getting bigger. It's about the control they have over their platforms and how they use that for unfair business practices. So it's just not size. It's more about, you know, how they work internally and they don't address that. But they, they, they're they trying to stop expansion, but not really looking at why they're able to expand.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Anyway. So, yeah, some uh, some kind of like good news, mixed news on that front, on the finance front. I do have some exciting updates on the NFT front. I know that you don't care about this, Brian, but there are many people who do. That's not that I don't care. It's just that I don't care as much about uh, some of okay. it. Are you talking okay. about OpenSea? Yes, I'm talking about OpenSea. So OpenSea made a big announcement on Friday that it will temporarily. This is an important word. Temporarily. Eliminate its marketplace fees. Yeah. So it will basically make it so that you don't have to uh, do fees on OpenSea. That's to attract more people into the space. But then it's also making it so that you don't have to necessarily pay royalties. So that is like, you know, a big thing in NFT lands. The entire concept of NFTs is you pay a royalty every right. time. And NFT is traded that way the creator can, you know, have a sustainable income and keep creating. But of course, people hate fees, so it's been kind of a, a big debate. Um, this is intentionally going after this marketplace called Blur. Have you heard of yeah. Blur? Yeah, yeah, I heard about them. They launched in October.
1: Um, yeah, they're they're in a kind of a head to head battle with, with Blur, right? Because they're taking they're cutting into their market share or yeah, yeah. Blur,
0: blur is basically trying to become more of like a professional marketplace so for people who trade nfts professionally meaning uh, a lot a lot more frequency a lot more volume and blur is doing these very interesting things to compete with opensea one of them was they gave uh, airdrop they airdropped some blur tokens to anyone who lists sells or buys nfts Um, so this includes people who were listing NFTs on OpenSea. So if you had, you know, made transactions on OpenSea, then Blur would actually give you money for it. Yeah. To win you over, you got to go, Hey, come on over here, claim your free money. And I actually had a friend of mine who messaged me. He was like, Hey, have you claimed your Blur yet? I was like, no, what do you mean? What's, what's going on? He's like, Oh my God, I just made three ETH. Which is the equivalent of about like five thousand dollars just in claimed prizes from wow blur. yeah yeah and he's he's not like a high volume trader he just you know happened to have bought and sold nfts recently on OpenSea. blur is giving him these tokens to get them of course you have to open an account so what do i do i go over the blur i'm like let me see if i have any free money waiting for me yeah i created a blur account i poked around the platform of course, with my luck, I get zero. <laughs> I got zero. How did you get zero? zero. You have you sold anything lately? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, The window was the last six months. And then the mm. last six months have kind of been dormant on the NFT space. Um, so I got zero. But you know what? Now I have a Blur account. I checked out the platform. It seems really easy to use, right? Like uh-huh. they did get me to try it out with this kind of airdrop. Uh, it worked. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, Hey, we signed up. It was a uh, uh, ETH well spent.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, it's interesting how Blur is kind of counteracting OpenSea. I think on this show, I've talked a lot about, you know, OpenSea being the only player in NFTs as in, in terms of a marketplace mm-hmm. being so dominant, kind of stopped them from innovating as quickly as I think they should have. And so it's nice to see them get a little bit of pressure now.
1: Yeah, they're on their heels all of a sudden. They're like, oh, man, we got to step it up a notch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um
1: I actually got a uh an email from someone at OpenSea about a a job. Oh, interesting. a senior design job. Yeah. Um, I, I responded. I was like, yeah, we could well, we could talk if you want. Um so we'll see. That's But awesome. I don't yeah, I don't know if I would I would take it. But
0: anyway, yeah, I, I would hop on that on that ship. That seems like a if they give uh I don't know is not public I assume, but if they give stock options and things yeah. like that, that could be a a nice uh move yeah i don't know i got some other things
1: cooking right now but uh yeah definitely i was like oh open c well, might as well talk to the talk to the
0: recruiter yeah put, so put open sea in the slow cooker do a light simmer yeah know. exactly <laughs> season
1: season lightly yeah, stir see- off
0: <laughs> awesome so that that's all the news i had um do you have any news for us or should we move on to listener questions yeah let's move on to listener questions awesome all right so if you guys have uh, any listener questions, you can always submit them to us at questions at CryptoSafari.us. That's our email address. Um, this week, we have two very different listener questions. And one of these is a real doozy. I'm really excited for it. I've not shared it with Brian yet. So um, hopefully, no. hopefully we'll get a productive answer. We'll see. I'm in the dark here. So, so the first question here is from Carol. Carol would like to know, do you ever stake your crypto? Why or why not? And maybe we should explain what staking Mm. means for people who might not be familiar. Um, Staking basically means you are putting your crypto in a pool with a bunch of other people and it's being loaned out and you get an interest rate back on your crypto. Um, The difference between that and loaning your crypto out like to an individual is it's all mixed into a big pool of money. So if there's one bad person or a number of bad actors who, you know, steal it or something, uh, you won't lose your crypto per se, unless it's like, you know, a giant theft. So a little bit of added security. But yeah, do mm-hmm. you stake your uh, crypto, Brian?
1: uh no i really got into that um sometimes i'll have some tokens on on coinbase that i haven't transferred to a wallet yet and i re- and i noticed that some of them get um some rewards but it's not like i'm staking for like the set amount of time it's more of just like you just get some some loose change for holding mm-hmm. uh different tokens on coinbase but yeah i've never actually got into a, a staking like i'm going to stake this for six months this is what I'm going to get back. And like this it's like a, a planned thing. Um, I know
0: you did for a little while. I did. Yeah. So I, oh, yeah. I did a little bit of staking on BlockFi when yeah, they sorry. had really good interest rates. So yeah. I was getting 9.5% or something along those lines, which I was like, oh, okay. 9.5%. Like. Yeah, that. Um, and it was on it was on USDC or USDT, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't have to actually like buy Ethereum or Solana or something like that. It was just my cash was making me more cash. Um, but since then, rates have kind of come down. So for me personally, it, depend- it depends on the, the rate that I'm getting compared to the risk, because you can lose your money right when you stake.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I, it was a couple of years ago when there was a, like a lot of staking platforms that had popped up and they were, you know, doing things to attract, um, you know, customers and they were just promising some crazy returns. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, you know, you aren't sustainable. And so, yeah, I think I heard about that. And I was like, it's not like the idea of having my have my money locked up in a place where I'm like, you know, I don't need I don't know the people who are running it. It's not like a uh, fidelity or like, uh, you know, some company that's been around for a long time. I don't know. I just, I never really
0: felt comfortable. Yeah. But yeah. it really depends. I, I feel like I would stake the, the, I would stake some of my crypto if the rate is much higher than what I could get at a bank or at something more secure. So for example, dividends usually that stocks pay are like four to five percent if you put your money nowadays like today in a savings account you can get four percent i looked up some of the staking rewards and they're like five percent yeah you know it's like yeah that one extra percent's not gonna do me not worth it um
1: yeah are you talking about like just putting your money like just a money market account
0: Yes, putting in a money market account or just putting in a savings account. Like there are savings accounts right now that will pay you four percent. Yeah, which ones are the ones paying four? Uh no. SoFi has four percent. Right. And then um uh Marcus by Goldman Sachs. That one I believe has three three point five percent, something like that. Okay. So I mean that that's a good little rate of return if you're just putting your savings in there and just wanna wait a while. Yeah, I mean if it's you know, if you can get it out whenever you want it like it makes sense, you yeah, know. Yeah. And a lot a lot lower risk than some of these uh crypto uh yeah. stakers. Um I will actually be talking a lot more about uh crypto staking, which is why I chose Carol's question today. Um so we can get more into mm-hmm. the nitty-gritty there. Okay. Um but let's move on to our next question. This is our doozy. This one comes from Alejandro. He would like to know if you had to put all your life savings Mm. in either dogecoin shiba inu or ape coin which would you pick and why if you (laughs) had to put it all in oh geez man i don't like those choices um
1: (laughs) it's a gun to your head you're at the atm they want you to take all your money out and buy one of these tokens yep ah yeah i don't know man um you know i i i had owned some shiba inu a while back and actually did really well owning it and then sold it right before it it, uh, it dipped way low um never really got into dogecoin um yeah i don't know i guess i'd probably pick shib just because it's you know i've owned it before and they just launched their or I'm not sure if they launched it or if it's being launched like any day now, but they're a blockchain called Shibarium and they've got some other things they're working on. They had a whole NFT marketplace. And so they're, you know, they're growing, they're expanding, they're doing, they're doing things. So I'd probably put it in Shib.
0: Interesting. I, yeah. I like, it. I, like yeah. it. I I suspected that would be your answer, but yeah. uh, that's interesting for those who want to know more about Dogecoin and Shiba Inu. We have an episode where we compare them uh side by side. So make sure you check out that episode. We've also done an episode on ApeCoin. Um mm-hmm. ApeCoin is the board ape board ape yacht club's uh cryptocurrency. It's for their like metaverse and their entire like world. Uh believe it or not, I would put all my money in Apecoin.
1: No, I'm not I, I believe it. You believe it? Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. I could, I could. I know you're going to choose them. Yeah, you're,
0: you're the NFT guy. I am, I am. But I also think I like that it is an actual company behind it. Um, they have a lot of assets. So, mm-hmm. uh, the company behind, uh, ApeCoin runs Board Ape Yacht Club, runs Mutant Ape Yacht Club. Ru- uh, now has CryptoPunks. They purchased CryptoPunks. Yeah, right. Right. So like they have all these assets and I feel like because they have all these assets and they'll they'll attract a lot of talent to the company, that's why I think that that one could go up in value. Right now, there's not that many uses for it, but I'm, I'm you know, I'm trying to think about the future. Maybe they'll build something amazing <laughs> and it will go up or at least will get hyped enough that I could sell it and put my money back uh, where I where I actually want. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's just an interesting choice of of like
1: uh, you know, things you have to invest in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean I, I kind of figure you'd pick apecoin. Let me ask you this question, conversely, if you had the same scenario and you had to put all your money into a top 10, no, let's say top 5 um crypto excluding all of the um us all the stable coins so we've got bitcoin ethereum xrp cardano and polygon wait what about solana solana's not in the top five anymore oh oh you went top five okay okay. yeah i just went top five okay just to make it easy yeah top five we got bitcoin ethereum um
0: xrp cardano and polygon all your money where do you put it ah that's a tough one the the pragmatist in me says put it in ethereum you know like don't mess with it that's the safest bet here but the more daredevil in me kind of wants to put it in polygon i don't know like it 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 would depend it would depend on my mood of the day (laughs) it's either (laughs) ethereum or polygon
1: (laughs) yeah i mean i would definitely put it in polygon personally Really? oh yeah okay i did not
0: think you would say definitely yeah.
1: Now, the more I learn about Polygon, their partnerships. Um, yeah, I could easily see them. You know, maybe in the next bull run. This is not investment advice, but I could see them getting potentially into like a double digit value of maybe like ten dollars. Ooh! Wow. Potentially in the next like next big bull run. I mean, let's see. What were they? What was their high point? Um, let me take a look at their chart real quick. Yeah, I mean, they were trading at like a little bit below three dollars at its high point this is back in 2021 so i mean that's a that's a huge amount of you know a uh, value that has to be added and and price action but I, I don't know i just think that they're doing everything right and they're they're building this they're they're bridging the gap between crypto and mainstream business in a way that i don't see other people doing i mean disney starbucks um or the other big partners they they're working with now um they have a ton. I mean, yeah, Amazon, I think Amazon, they're working with Amazon. But yeah, they're just, they're just... and also we talked about Polygon in the past episode, and they had planned to be a deflationary uh, token at some point. And so if you take in what they're doing now with the potential burning of Polygon tokens or locking them up or whatever they, their deflationary plans are, then you could see some 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 huge changes in, in their price based just on their their market cap yeah and then so the, it, it,
0: it sounds well. like you have polygon laser eyes well
1: you know i kind of do in cardano i would probably put my money in, in polygon or cardano Ooh, that i disagree with yeah, yeah. i know you do <laughs> but my thought process is that i think you know ethereum like you said is safe it's reliable but i think there's more room for growth
0: in cardano and polygon yeah I mean, I, I agree there's more room for growth. I also think that there's more room for them to not grow. Uh, I think Ethereum is like, I, I'm pretty certain it will continue to grow. Maybe it won't grow at like astronomical rates, but it'll continue to grow.
1: Yeah, I guess I'm a—I'm an all-in kind of guy. And if someone's forcing me to put my money in it, I'm i am going to let it ride.
0: <laughs> I like it. I like yeah. it. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Good question. Uh, yeah. We should do that every week. Yeah, very good so, question. Would you rather question? Yeah, very good questions. Um, If you guys have questions, remember, you can write to us at questions at CryptoSafari.us and we will answer them on the next pod. But with that, let's move into our two cryptocurrencies that we're going to talk about this week. Uh, Before we jump into those, a a quick reminder for those of you who are new, who are joining us for the first time. The way that we evaluate any cryptocurrency on the podcast is this system called PTAC plus T. So that stands for Purpose, Team, Advantage, Community, and Tokenomics. Those are kind of the five factors that we look at when we are evaluating a cryptocurrency. So uh, I know I went first last last week, but I'm happy to go first again, Brian. W- would you like me to go first or would you like to go first?
1: Um, why don't...
0: Let me go first. Okay, Brian wants the spotlight. Let me go first. All well,
1: right. not so much the spotlight, but I just think that, um, I don't know. I don't know what your token is, because I never know. That's one of our rules here. Well, not our rules, but that's just the way it goes, that we don't really discuss what we're going to talk about. But I, I have a feeling that what I'm doing might kind of segue into what you're doing pretty well, and it is kind of related to, I guess it's kind of related to the questions we had in, in a way. There's, there's a component
0: so so you mean that your token is going to overshadow my token and you want to go first and take all the credit? That's hard. I want the That's glory. Hard. I want the That's glory. Like, go for um,
1: it. No, no. it's uh, We'll see. We'll see. I, I don't think it's going to really uh, steal your thunder. But uh, the, the project I did this week is something called Stacks. Oh, ah,
0: okay. Have you heard of Stacks? I've heard of Stacks. I have no context, though, I, but I have heard of them.
1: Yeah. You know, one of the things I do in terms of looking for a project, I usually go to the big gainers and losers uh, feed on Coin Market Cap, And these guys were up in the top, um, had some huge gains. And I was like, oh, let me, let me read more. And when I started reading, it, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Because uh, it's not something I've, I've really seen before. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I didn't had a, a chance to do a lot of like competitive analysis of other uh, projects like this. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't hear about anybody else doing this. And so that's why I chose Stacks. And so to get right into it, uh, their purpose is they're a layer one blockchain created to bring smart contracts and decentralized apps to Bitcoin. Okay. Okay. So they link to Bitcoin through the uh, a consensus mechanism that spans the two chains called proof of transfer. Okay. Okay. Um. So the platform is powered by the Stacks token (STX), which is used for, um, you know, paying for smart contracts, processing transactions, and registering um, new digital assets on the stocks, Stacks blockchain. And so, as people out there um, might or might not know, Ethereum, um, you know, became really popular because of their smart contract aspect and the utility that is focused on that. And so, what this layer one blockchain is bringing that same sort of functionality into Bitcoin, mm. the largest crypto and first crypto in the world. So it's kind of cool that they're allowing. This you know decentralized apps, smart contracts were built on on basically on the blockchain, um, the Bitcoin blockchain.
0: Interesting. So is this associated with Bitcoin or is this like a separate you know company or group or organization? Yeah, this or... is a completely separate
1: um, entity uh, doing their own thing, but just connected to the blockchain, uh, the Bitcoin blockchain. Interesting. Cool. Yeah, um, they were they launched in 2021. Uh, they were formerly called Blockstack. But they were rebranded as Stacks in 2020 to separate themselves from another part of their ecosystem. Um, But they built their own original protocols. They have their own original programming language they're using for this. Mm. And their team is pretty interesting as well. So the team. Um, So it was initially funded by some prominent venture capital funds. And you might recognize the, the Y Combinator. Oh, yes, I am familiar. Digital Currency Group. And uh, some uh, someone called the Winklevoss brothers. Ah, yes, I hear that they look very similar to each other. I the clones. (laughs) Um, yeah, Winklevoss Capital um invested in them, and their headquarters in New York. Uh, It was founded by two people, um, Muneeb Ali and Ryan Shay. Muneeb, sorry for butchering your name. M U N E E B, Muneeb. Okay. Yep. So he was a uh, Princeton graduate, PhD in computer science. He co-founded uh, Stacks 2020, sorry, 2013 with Ryan. And Ryan is the co-CEO and um, founder, and he's basically a software engineer and um, has some other projects that he's working on as well.
0: Wait, so they founded this in 2013? Yeah. Oh, wow. So this is like, this is, oh, gee, this is very old.
1: Yeah, they launched their um the mainnet in 2021, but they founded the company back in
0: 2013. Nice. See, yeah. I I appreciate that sort of stuff where like someone, you know, is committed for the long term. First mm-hmm. of all, you see like, oh, like they've been working on this for a long time and they're not trying to just rush even when there yeah. is this gold rush towards crypto. I like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they're they're doing things um really intelligently in intelligently and there's another advantage we'll get into that. that's also makes them kind of appealing. Um, But yeah, I just like the idea of, you know, being able to build um, smart contracts and apps on, on Bitcoin. I think there's a lot of utility there, so we'll see. Um, And so one of the the advantages of building on Bitcoin is Bitcoin's blockchain is is extremely secure and stable. And so they're taking advantage of that. And Mm -hmm. so that right there is a huge deal. Um, They're, Programming language is something called Clarity.
0: I've heard of this. Yeah. Yeah. It actually was like a recommended. I talked to a crypto developer at like a meetup and I was like, oh, what's like the new hot programming language? I I don't know much about programming, but I was like, what's what's the new stuff? And he talked about Clarity. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know
1: much about it either. Obviously, I don't look that deep into like the the programming development side of these projects just because it's above my pay grade. Um, but clarity was designed to prevent bugs, um common exploits, and to proactively protect the user. So it's a language built um for crypto that's supposed to reduce some of these issues that we've seen in terms of hacks and you know, these cross bridge transfers to get to get you know jacked into and and you know everything else. Everything else that's bad about crypto in, in terms of that. So uh, apparently the language is is, is really written uh, to protect the user. Um, it's the same language that Algorand uses for their blockchain. Okay. So it's not just them. Um, one of the cool things about Stacks is they're the first cryptocurrency to receive SEC qualification for sale in the United States.
0: Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm
1: allowing it to launch a $28 million regulated A-plus sale cash offering for its STX token in July 2019.
0: That's a big deal that they're out and doing
1: stuff by the book. That is a big deal. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we're going to see more of this type of thing happening um, where they're just going to try to stay ahead of regulation. Um, and they're basically saying, hey, this is what we're doing. I want you to sign off on it. Give us your blessing. I'll kiss your ring. <laughs> Let me do business, you know, uh, which I think is really smart. So that's that's a big deal for them. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, this is something that I've, I might want to buy a little bit of this. Um, in terms of the community, so they have the Stacks ecosystem. So it's a decentralized group of independent entities working on research, development, growth, and education for the Stacks network. Okay. Okay. So that's, that's their ecosystem that they're bringing everybody into, but they've got a bunch of People on like Discord, uh, GitHub, Telegram, Twitter—they've got some working groups, and then they have stuff for developers they want people to build apps on you know, the stack blockchain, which essentially will be used um, will, will allow them to use Bitcoin to um, to give out payments potentially. Mm-hmm. So with this uh, connection, um, you can you know use Bitcoin to power the the ecosystem. You can use Bitcoin as payments, that sort of thing. Um, so that's the community. Under for tokenomics, they're currently ranked 64, uh, market cap of about 800 million, uh, circulating supply, uh, max supply 1.8 billion, circulating supply 1.2, current price 60 cents, uh, their all-time high was $3.60, mm. all-time low about 5 cents, and it's been up 104% the last seven days.
0: Oh, wow. Do you know what's causing that kind of like jump in in price or no?
1: Uh, that's a good question. I'm not really sure. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but just the overall market has been kind of pumping this last week after like a little bit of dip. um, so it might be related to that, but I'm not one hundred percent sure what's causing that uh,
0: that sort of price action. But something's going well for them interesting. Um I have they put out smart contracts already to Bitcoin? Like is there anything notable? Are they like partnering with anyone to do those smart contracts? Like, Say I wanted to interact with Stacks. Do I just go on their website and I create my smart contract and it gets pushed to Bitcoin? How does that work?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, So they have a lot of different partners and integrators. Um, OKCoin, Coinbase, BitGo, Injective Protocol, Brink, something called Blockchain, Transac, QuickNode, USD Coin, Block, Daemon, Paycoin, InfoStones, Wrapped. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a bunch of other tools. Um, one's called Dap Radar, Stacking Club, Stack CLI, on Stacks CLI, um, OnStacks. So these are all of the different tools that they use, that you can use on their blockchain. In terms of interacting with it, I'm not 100% sure how you would go ahead and, and start staking, or they call it stacking on their network. Mm. or actually using the um their smart contract capabilities. So I'm not 100% sure about that. Interesting. Yeah. Well,
0: I'll I'll have to check it out. And again, yeah. the the kind of function of this podcast is really to do like an introduction on each of these. So, you know, we encourage you guys to go out there, go to the websites of these cryptocurrencies, read about them, you know create an account. Usually it's free, you know, and, uh, play around with it. See, see what it's about. So yeah. great, great, uh, great find this week, Brian. Actually really quick before we, we, uh, end that, I just did a quick
1: lookup. Um, so, so, I have a list of highlighted application. One is called Alex, an open source DeFi protocol. Um, one's called block survey There's another one called console gamma owl link. Um, this is Owl-ish rider, a social wallet. And then there's Xverse Advanced Bitcoin Wallet and something called Zest Protocol. So they have a list of wow, probably I don't know like eight different like, categories of applications that they currently mm-hmm. are, are um, working with, and these are just the highlighted ones. Very so cool. there's there's a lot of different ways you can inter- interact with them. But yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I was pretty surprised that, to hear about this one. Um, I, I, do you know of anybody else who's doing anything that's um related to
0: adding smart contracts and apps to bitcoin? I know that there are people who are trying to upgrade bitcoin um in these different ways, right? Like essentially adding, you know, functionality to it. My yeah. biggest uh complaint with bitcoin has always been, you know, like it's moving too slow. So even with people adding stuff to it, um it's moving a bit slower, quite a bit slower than ethereum in my opinion. Um, yeah. but you, you know what we should really go, go to is, uh, Bitcoin Miami to the conference where it's <laughs> like, it's all Bitcoin and maybe it'll change our minds. That might be.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I mean, I, I hear you saying a lot of internal stuff that usually has to do with just like governance and like programming decisions and stuff that's like internal. But that was always like one of my things was like, well, there's not a whole lot of like utility except it's scarcity and its value. You know what I mean? What else can you really do with it? Um, but with, you know, um, projects like stacks, and all of a sudden you're adding that um, yeah. functionality to it. That's that's just not there right now. So, um, but yeah, you know, Bitcoin Miami is supposed to be a good time. I love Miami. Um, it's definitely one
0: of the more expensive conferences to go to. Mm. Well, we'll we'll see. I think if uh, all of our listeners just pitch in, you know, a dollar, we could probably. Uh, <laughs> no, we'll still we'll still need a. Well, lot. no, we should <laughs> see if we can get our uh, get our, um, our press credentials. We should. We should. Yeah, I, I think we should add Bitcoin Miami to the radar just so that we're a little bit more well versed on what's being developed in the Bitcoin ecosystem. Hey, Maybe it'll I, change our minds. You know, I'm, I'm open to it. I would um, love to go. My uh,
1: my brother-in-law, he goes every year and, you know, he's, he gets, they, they pay for it. Actually, it's not that bad. General admission um, is only 700 bucks.
0: Oh, yeah, that's that is pretty bad. <laughs>
1: I thought it was going to be more. There's the whale pass for eight grand. Oh, yeah. Let's get whale passes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I
0: actually,
1: it. Not that expensive. I thought it'd be more. But, yeah, we should do Bitcoin Miami.
0: Yeah. Totally into that. Awesome. Well, uh, cool. What do you got for us? All right. So, as I alluded earlier, um, my cryptocurrency for this week has to do with staking. Mm-hmm. So, for this week, I did my cryptocurrency on Lido DAO. So L I D O. I'm not sure if it's pronounced Lido or Lido.
1: It's Lido, I believe. Is it Lido?
0: I that's what I've heard when people talk about it. Um, yeah. I actually, I, I I own some Lido. I know, I know you do. Yeah. So I wanted to cover it because we we've taught we've kind of alluded to it, but we haven't really like dissected it. So I will talk about Lido DAO, which is their uh, cryptocurrency. So the purpose of Lido DAO is uh it lets you stake well the purpose of the Lido platform is it lets you stake your crypto. So again what staking means is that you put your crypto into a giant pool with a bunch of other people and people can take out loans uh with it and then they pay you interest on those loans. So you're essentially like forming your own kind of bank with a bunch of other strangers on the internet. Um both exciting and scary right you know mm-hmm. uh you don't know who these people are but hey they're giving you money that's always kind of nice so lido is the largest staking platform in the world so really? bigger than anyone else yeah um and the reason i wanted to cover it now as opposed to some other time is the upcoming ethereum shanghai upgrade could have a huge spike in lido mm. so I want to cover it now because it could go up, and I wanted to present this opportunity, uh, if there is one. Again, do your own research. This yep. is kind of an introduction to it, but let's uh, let's jump in. So um, that's the purpose. In terms of the team, uh, it was founded in December 2020, and the team was uh, initially two people, uh, which is one is Casper Rasmussen. He is a computer science professor out of this tiny little school called Oxford. Hmm. I'm heard not of it. Sure if, yeah, I'm not sure if you've heard of it or not, but uh, yeah, one of the most prestigious universities in the world. Uh, and then the other person is Vasily Shapovalov. Uh, he has a master's degree in applied mathematics. Uh, he's based out of Russia. Um, so Lido, um, th- this cryptocurrency is really the... Lido DAO's currency. So a DAO, for those who don't know, is a decentralized autonomous organization, meaning it is kind of a distributed team of people who all vote on what's going to happen as opposed mm-hmm. to kind of like a centralized company. Um, there are quite a few people on the board of Leto DAO. Um, Semantic VC, Parify Capital, Libertas Capital, Bitscale Capital, Steakfish, and a bunch of others. Um, mm-hmm. So these are the people who are really kind of in charge of it and controlling it. So even though we have these two founders, um, it's important to keep in mind that there are other people who are kind of like the board of directors and make decisions and things like that. Uh, in terms of investors, pretty impressive uh, kind of group of investors. We have uh, someone from Ave. We have someone from Urn. We talked about Yearn Finance and Ave uh, previously on the podcast. Uh, someone from Diversify. So remember, we had um, uh, someone from Diversify on the podcast. Oh yeah, 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 yeah totally, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was like, oh, I know that name. Um, cool. Then someone also from Stake Capital, who I'm not familiar with, and then someone from Synthetics. So pretty, oh, yeah, Synthetics. yeah. You, you right covered Synthetics as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. A lot of these other cryptocurrencies are investors in Lido, Um, so pretty good group right there. Uh, Let's jump into the unique advantage that it has. So again, it basically lets you stake your crypto. So the way you do this is you put your crypto in and you receive an ST token back. ST stands for stake. So say you put Ethereum in, you get ST Ethereum out. You put Solana in, you get ST Solana out. Uh, right now, there are five different cryptocurrencies that you can stake. We have Ethereum, Solana, Polygon, Polkadot, and Kusama. Never heard of Kusama. Yeah. But maybe it's, we should cover it.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a weird. You have these these big, like you know, basically top ten, and then Kusama. Yeah, and uh, it's it's. I'm at. I looked at their website, and you can get seventeen point three percent for a stake in Kusama.
0: Yeah, that that's probably why it's there. You know? yeah. It's, it's yeah, and Polkadot
1: there. too. You can get 17%. Anyway, go
0: on. Yeah, Yep. Yeah. so you can get higher percentages for some of those um, other cryptocurrencies. Ethereum, Solana, Polygon are usually like 5% or so, 5% to 6%. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can basically use those ST tokens in different DeFi apps. Um, the cool thing about Lido is that there's no lockup period. So you can put your money in, Get some interest on it, you can pull your money back out, which is really nice. There's also no minimum deposits. So you don't have to like put in, you know, like $10,000 or something like that, Mm -hmm. uh, like on some of these other platforms. Um, It has, like I said, it's the largest Ethereum staking platform in the world. Um, It has over 27 different apps that are already integrated with Lido. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of why it's so huge, is so many other apps interact with it. So Aave, curve, maker, sushi swap, metamask, one inch, yearn all of these uh interact with Lido and, and help with staking. Um the Lido DAO is the governance token, meaning that if you purchase this token, you are not really purchasing, you know, um like the native token that gets used in transactions all the time. It really is. You're trying to get voting rights Mm -hmm. within this uh, platform. So important to have that distinction in mind.
1: Yeah. And so, I mean, but there's a reflection of, you know, the the value of their DAO with their governance token. Mm Mm-hmm. In terms of like that um that relationship do you did you do any research on that and because I mean I mean the real the benefit is you know staking and, and earning money, but you know also holding that token, which is going up in value. do you see that um continuing to grow in value or do you think there's like a ceiling since it is um mostly about governance?
0: I think this is important, so this is a very good question i I think the Lido DAO token does have, you know, room to grow because people who are really large players in crypto will want more governance tokens so that they can affect the different rates of, you know, the protocol and what's happening. So I think if more people, more large organizations want a cut of Lido, uh, you know, voting rights, Mm. they'll probably want to purchase your tokens so yes it could go up but it's not like just because Lido does more transactions or something like that that the token's gonna go up right like yeah there's a little bit of a disconnect there
1: yeah that's that's a that's the interesting part about the governance tokens is um yeah i mean i, cause I own some but i don't really care about the governance because i don't i haven't staked any money so it's like you know um but I remember hearing about Lido at from Consensus 2022, there was some debate over uh, um, Lido and the, the consolidation of Ethereum tokens on platforms like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that was there were some people who were kind of like not happy about it because it's centralizing a decentralized um, concept.
0: Yeah. And it, the funny thing is like Lido didn't go, didn't seek out to become so centralized and have so many people, you know, using it. It's just kind of, it just keeps growing and growing. And they talked about that at the conference. Remember where they're like, yeah, like we've been growing, whatever it was, 300%, you know, like, and we're not like trying that hard to grow. It's not like grow at all costs, but they just, they have a really good product.
1: And that's how it should be. Um, That's when I, when I bought some after that conference, I was like, I got to get
0: some of that. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I think that Lido DAO as a token could go up. I also like to present cryptocurrencies here um, more so for like their usage for their application. You could, if you wanted to stake some of your crypto, I mean Lido is the the leader. Yeah, you could stake it using that platform. I mean, yeah, like I said, I've never staked before,
1: but I, I do like Lido, and some as someone who owns their their token, I I, I think
0: I might stake some some of my my tokens on there. You could, especially that random one, right? Uh, the one that gives you seventeen percent, like that. Yeah, Kusama, like that's yeah. worthwhile. Then, um, we could maybe cover that on a future podcast. And yeah, Polkadot
1: too, gets a seventeen point three as well. So you can just buy a bunch of Polkadot and just throw it on there and just let it ride. Exactly.
0: I already have a, a bunch of Polkadot. So there you go. Wow. Yeah, there we go. Um, so I I alluded to this a little bit earlier, but there's a big opportunity coming up. Because um, this new uh, kind of upgrade that Ethereum is going to be doing, it's called uh, the Shanghai up- upgrade, uh, basically means that everyone who has staked their Ethereum from 1.0 to 2.0 will be allowed to withdraw that staked Ethereum. And so mm. this is expected to happen sometime early this year. So there's no set date. Um, But the Ethereum foundation is saying like sometime, you know, first half of this year, uh, this upgrade will be complete. And some people are speculating that when that happens and everyone is able to withdraw from Ethereum, they might, you know, want to restake Mm -hmm. that that Ethereum in something like Lido. So there is a a chance that they could get a huge influx Mm -hmm. of people staking Ethereum and they're actually preparing for this. So they're, a little bit worried about whether they'll have enough money to cover operating expenses um so they're kind of like preparing figuring out like should we sell some assets should we Mm -hmm. you know get some interest from other places so um there's been some news stories some little murmurings ahead of this news interesting um yeah i mean so
1: people are staking ethereum on ethereum's decentralized i mean they have a there's so, do you, are they staking it directly with Ethereum as, as a
0: project, or they're just staked on Ethereum-related decentralized apps? Uh, they they could be staking in all sorts of ways. So, there's all sorts mm-hmm. of ways that you can stake to Ethereum 2.0. So, for example, you've probably seen pop-ups on like Coinbase where they're like, "Hey, we'll give you money if you put your money in if you put your uh, you know money into Ethereum 2.0." Um, so, all of, all of that that uh, happened for the last I don't know people's ethereum has been stuck there for you know like two or three years um, wow. for this upgrade to happen and so they're finally going to release all of that all that staked ethereum finally so cool uh, yeah so th- there could be a big influx again this is not like guaranteed i want to yeah. be clear like th- these are just the news stories i've been reading so i encourage people to read about it a little bit more um but that could be a potentially big uh kind of come up in? Well,
1: I mean, even if it doesn't, uh, doesn't take place on the scale that they, they're anticipating. I mean, it could be also a situation where you could, you know, buy the rumor and sell the news exactly. and still makes some make some profit. Um, not that's not investment advice to anybody out
0: there, but, uh, <laughs> Hey, you know, do your research. Yeah. So, um, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, a question that you might be asking about, you know, how does Lido make money? um they actually have a 15% uh, fee so that fee is paid to the people who run the validators on the Lido platform um i ran a little bit of research to find comparisons so coinbase has a 25% staking fee so even uh, it's for the consumer uh yes yeah, so staker when, yeah yeah so when you stake i believe it's 25% uh, for staking, but it's not twenty five percent of your principal, right? It's I think it's whatever you're making on your interest. Okay, so wait, so so say you're making six percent on your interest, and they have a twenty five percent staking fee. You know they're they're taking what like two percent of your six one percent or two percent of your six percent, whatever it is. Um, yeah, so yeah, but that's
1: but... still like they're they're taking money out of money they're paying out. Yeah, I don't yeah. see how you could make a profit when you're paying someone to do something and then like, I'm just going to pay
0: you less. I mean, it's similar. It's very similar to when you invest in an index fund, right? Like you put your money in an index fund, they invest your money into stocks that pay dividends, yada, yada, but they are still taking like a management fee of like 0.15% or something like that.
1: Yeah. Okay. So then it's they're really not making profit from the, the fees. They're making profit from the um growth of the staked tokens on their platform the growth in the value so you stake your tokens ethereum goes up then they get to reap the benefit of that uh price
0: growth right i'm not sure it wasn't clear it, it literally said a 15% fee is paid to <clears throat> the validators so
1: coinbase
0: yeah. has a 25% fee kraken has a 15% fee and so that fee is being pulled out of your profits,
1: right? So that's, I mean, that fee is going to the validators, but it's not really necessarily about the business's bottom line, right? So there's got to be another profit-making source there that's more mm-hmm. below the line.
0: You'd be, you'd be surprised. So I looked this up, and Lido DAO's uh, current inflows of cash uh, are about one thousand staked ETH per month. So the DAO is making approximately $1.3 to $1.5 million per month with uh, the current price of Ethereum and their fees. So, I mean, that's okay. a nice, that's a nice. Yeah, price. no, that's, that's you good know? money. I'm just wondering, I mean,
1: there's still an element there that I'm not seeing in terms of um, profit, you know, because people are, people are staking, they're giving them the tokens and then they're getting money back. And so does Lido DAO take those tokens and stake them someplace else? Or do they just, um, you know what I mean? It seems like there's something
0: missing there. Mm, Not really. I mean, like, so you put your money into the pool. It gets loaned out to someone. That person who is borrowing the money is giving, you know, whatever it is in terms of a percentage interest rate. So let's say the percentage interest rate that they are giving Lido is 8%. Lido will give you 7.5% back. Got it. Keeping that little 0.5, you know, to keep the lights running. Okay. Yeah. That's the component that I was, that was missing in my,
1: in my brain is the, um, the loaning out of the stake tokens to a third party.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so with any, with any staking and I I want this, I'm actually going to jump into this next section, Mm -hmm. uh, here, uh, which is the risks of staking. So I wanted to provide like a clear picture, like there's no such thing as free money. Like we all know that. Um, So there are risks in staking. Of course, those risks can be minimized if you use a good platform. So Lido tries to minimize these risks, but some of these risks include um, just the risk of the beacon chain. So the beacon chain is what uh, Lido uses. and it literally says on their website, Lido is built atop experimental technology under active development. Mm. And there is no guarantee that the beacon chain has been developed error free. Meaning, you know, like someone might find a hack. Someone might, mm. you know, take the money, which, you know, we always read news stories about this stuff. The thing is, like, do you have a way to repay people if it does get hacked, if there is a problem. Um currently Lido has $312 million in their treasury. Um and it also does frequent audits on uh, you know, their protocol and all that stuff. So it's just about mitigating that risk. Yes. Mm-hmm. Maybe someone hacks it, takes $50 million, boom, we can make you whole, right? That sort of thing.
1: Okay. I mean that's that's really not a lot if you look at like the total amount staked. It's around nine billion. Mm-hmm. So you know, only three hundred million is not going to make uh, too many people hold if something happens.
0: It dep- I mean, yeah, if, if someone did a ginormous hack. Yeah, I'm just yeah. yeah. It's just okay, but no, that, that's cool that they're um, you know, that they have that
1: that cash sitting there. And yeah. on their website, I see they do have um all of the audits that have been performed. Um, basically the the um the report that
0: you can visit. Okay. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 So, so that's one of the risks. Um, another risk is this thing called slashing. Basically slashing is, uh, whenever a validator is making a mistake or doing something incorrectly, uh, their money can get taken. So the validator is the person who is facilitating transactions between people. Uh, they're kind of like the middleman, you know, Mm -hmm. handling your money to this person's money and making sure everything works. Um, if that person just accidentally makes a mistake or on purpose makes a mistake, their money can get taken, and as a result, your money can get taken. So to minimize this risk, um Lido says that they stake across multiple professional professional and reputable uh, validators um, with what they call heterogeneous setups. Mm. Uh, so you know, they're 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 <laughs> doing stuff to mitigate. This is above my pay grade. Yeah. I will say I like that on their website they say here are all the risks and they list like six or seven of them. I I like that they're honest like that. Um and you understand oh there's risks but I'm going to be getting 17%. Again like we talked about during the Q&A portion is it worth it? Maybe it mm-hmm. is. Let me try it, etc.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's um it's interesting. I uh, On their website, you know, it's got all the, you know, stake now and it tells you how to stake. Um, in terms of borrowing, do they use other apps that borrow from them? How do you borrow money through from Lido? Do you know?
0: Uh, I'm not sure how you borrow from them. I haven't played around in the actual platform. Yeah. But if they are a partner, you know, of like Curve, for example, um, a lot of these different, you know, apps uh that mm-hmm. we've covered before on the podcast you can borrow money from there
1: yeah that's what i'm thinking right. is it's the apps that are connected to the lido dow that do the 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 loaning they just do the staking
0: yeah exactly so uh, when when you think about like what a hassle it is say you want to get a bank loan like you have to go into the you know to the actual bank you got to talk to the guy he's going to make you show all your financial all this stuff Like it's such a big headache. Say you just need, you know, 500 bucks to do something like this is so much easier. There's a reason that people are using these types of technologies. Mm -hmm. And it's because it's so much easier for you to get your loan or to loan out your money. You don't need all of that, uh, you know, oversight by humans. And
1: also, I mean, you mentioned that you can you get this uh, ST token back, which you can actually use to stake other places. Exactly. You can compound the money, so it's like you're getting, um, you're you're giving someone your money, and they're giving you money back that you can take to another bank and say, "Listen, I've got all this money that I got from putting my money with these guys. Can I put it in your account and then get some more money too?" And they're like, "Yeah, we'll give you some more money. Everybody's giving you free money, no matter where you go."
0: Yeah, it's uh similar. If you've read the book Rich Dad Poor Dad, he he talks a, a bit about that how. The best thing to do with your money is figure out a way for it to make you more money and then take that more money and figure out how to make it make you more money. Right. So you can kind of cascade this, get very sophisticated if you want, or you could do it very simply, which I like. I like it. Yeah. So I do some staking this year. Yeah. So uh, in terms of community, you you mentioned this, uh, but the total tokens staked in Lido is eight point nine billion dollars which is just mind-blowing for something yeah. that's been around since 2020. That's crazy. Uh, Total rewards paid is $420 million. So you can see like, all right, a lot of money has uh, been paid out. And then um, 279,000 people have staked. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So big numbers. Pretty, pretty impressive numbers. In terms of tokenomics, uh, their market cap is $2.4 uh, that puts them at market rank number thirty mm-hmm. in the in the top fifty for sure. Uh, their all time high price was eleven dollars. Their all time low was forty cents, and today we are staying at two dollars ninety two cents currently. That's pretty awesome. Yep, circulating supply eight hundred forty five million, max supply one billion. So almost all the supply is in circulation. Um. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is Lido Dow for you. Cool. Yeah, I'm glad you did
1: this one. Um, you know, as someone who who bought some 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 Lido. <laughs> you uh, bought it without researching it. I love it. Oh yeah, I, I went just. Uh, I aped in um after that conference, and I I didn't buy a lot. I was just like, yeah, let me put you know some money here and see what happens. And uh, you know, it's been working out. I'll probably put some more in eventually. But uh, I think I might do some staking on their platform sometime this year.
0: There you go. Yeah, it's always good. Like, I, I honestly encourage people to spend, you know, their first six months just playing with it, you know, mm-hmm. like stake 50 bucks, see what happens to those 50 bucks, and, yeah. and and get comfortable with this so that when we do come out of this bear market, and stuff is on the up and up, you already have your education, you already have your background in all these platforms, and you're ready to deploy yeah a
1: quick question. So let's say I stake my um um polygon on their on their network, and polygon shoots up two hundred percent in a month mm-hmm. Do, so I would get returns on the value of polygon at the time is it is it does it readjust to reflect the changes in the price of the token you're staking? I believe it does. So
0: I think yeah. you know it it's five percent. Of whatever the current price is. So if it goes up, you're getting 5% of that higher price. If it goes down, you're getting 5% on that lower price. Right. So in some cases, if there is a
1: token that's actually has a lot of price action, then you don't want to stake it because you could get 100% of that growth if without staking it.
0: Uh, not really, because you can still, you know, unstake and sell that token. And yeah. Not, all right. Yeah, it's true. There's no, it's not yeah. locked in. Yeah, it's not locked in. So unlike other platforms where the risk, right, is you stake your stuff and say it's locked up for three months, six months, a year, mm. and then all of a sudden, you know, the the token is pumping, it's going up, it's, it's everybody's making money around you, and you're like, ah, oh, I'm locked up, I can't uh, access. See, that's you know? that's my fear. Yeah, you don't have to worry about that with Lido okay all right i'm into it yeah so there you go uh that is Lido dow and uh thank you for bringing us stacks this week brian uh if you guys have any questions about either of these two cryptocurrencies or any of the news anything we covered today remember you can write to us at questions at cryptosafari.us and we will answer them in the next podcast and uh, with that, uh, may your stacks grow higher and may your steaks sizzle. <laughs> mm, steaks. Mm.